Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. We have a chance to ride out this Omicron wave without shutting down our country once again. You have sat there too long for all the good you have done. In the name of God, go. We need to recognize that Russia is now calling the shots here. Mad in their sleaze with a divided party. A prime minister losing the support of his backbenchers and governing shambolically. You're listening to Bloomberg Westminster, your daily guide to British politics. I'm Ewan Potts. And good afternoon. I'm Caroline Hepke. Coming up on today's programme, we're taking a look back at weeks of uncertainty in Westminster as Partygate has engulfed the Conservative Party. We'll be speaking to Matthew Shaddock from the betting exchange Smarkets and also to Craig Watkins, a familiar name here on Bloomberg Westminster from Cantar. And then Bloomberg's David Merritt and Therese Raphael. So the Sue Gray report into alleged rule-breaking parties in Boris Johnson's office could be stripped of key details at the request of the police. The Met has asked Gray's team to make minimal reference to any events it's investigating. But the police say they're not asking for publication to be delayed or for any limitations in the report on gatherings not being probed by its officers. Meanwhile, is the Prime Minister preparing to offer up sweeteners to Tory backbenchers? Most of the speculation rests on April's national insurance rise, uh, an unpopular policy among many Conservative MPs and one that Labour has been calling uh, to be scrapped. Government Minister Chris Philp is insisting that the hike will go ahead. It's £36 billion over three years to fund the NHS and social care. And it's worth keeping in mind that the six and a half million people on the lowest incomes won't pay a single extra penny and half of the extra money paid will be paid by the 14% of top earners. So Chris felt this morning, but the Guardian reports of a split between Treasury and number 10 after Boris Johnson refused to confirm that this in uh, that this increase in taxes will actually go ahead. Rishi Sunak is said to be stressing the move must happen in order to fund health and social care. Well, we've waited and waited and we're still waiting for Sue Gray's report. But when it finally drops, will it have the same impact or has the Met stolen the show? Well, what's certain is it's been another week of uncertainties. In today's special programme, we're taking the temperature of how the public feel about the events of Partygate and taking a closer look at what the political outcomes could be. So is your money on Johnson to stay? Well, joining us now is Matthew Shaddock, Head of Political Markets at Betting Exchange Smarkets. Matthew, thanks so much for joining us on the programme today. Just bring us a brief an update on on the grey report and and when uh, punters think it might happen yeah it's been a fascinating market we've had had this week um well as we speak ewan um the latest prices market suggests there's about a 12 percent chance that we'll see it today um and that i mean at one stage this week it was about an 80 percent chance we'd see it this week so almost not totally discounted but it would be a bit of a surprise now yeah, OK, so it's Friday. Uh, what do the markets, though, say, crucially, about when Boris Johnson will go? Well, that's a good question. I mean, the delay does seem to have helped him somewhat. So hmm. early in the week, the betting was given, was saying it was about an 80% chance that at some point this year, Johnson would be evicted from number 10. That's down to about 60% as we speak. 
So, and I think that that is a reflection of the, the delay in the report, the possibility that the Met's inquiry might drag on for a bit, and the chances of him being um, replaced by the end of March. Well, that's now sitting at twenty percent. Ah, so that's that's relatively low compared to the, some of the speculation uh, over the fast few days and weeks, anyway. And what about further on uh, in the year? Are the markets on on when he might go, perhaps uh, later in the year? Yeah, I mean, you can bet on which quarter of the year you think he'll be evicted by. I mean, April so April to June is around a 25% chance. Um, and, you know, now punters are... But I think punters are now starting to see there might be a way through this for Johnson. Uh, we've got odds on what the result of a no-confidence result would be were, there, were one to go ahead this year. And Johnson's slight favour to win it. Um, mm. So all in all, we're kind of expecting to hang on for at least a few more months. I'm curious, Matthew, how much, on average, do punters, you know, put at stake on these sorts of political bets? Well, the really big markets that we've got going at the moment are sort of the next Tory leader. That attracts an awful mm. lot of money. There'll be hundreds of thousands of pounds traded on that. Um, some of the ones, let's say, on the, the details of when the report's going to come out, I mean, typically people will be betting sort of in the tens, twenties, fifty pounds and that sort of thing. And just to be clear, this is a market. So you're not a bookmaker. You don't you don't lay these odds. Do you? This is this is people exchanging uh, odds on on these outcomes. Yeah, exactly. It's a bit different from a traditional bookmaker, where the the, the bookmaker decides what the odds should be. Here, the odds are set by the supply and demand of our customers. You know, trading on all of these contracts, uh, and so it's a very dynamic market where the prices are changing all the time to reflect every single piece of news as it comes in. Okay, so the big one then, uh, who are the runners and riders for the next Tory leader? I mean, if Boris Johnson were to go before the autumn, he would be the shortest sitting British Prime Minister, I think, in history. So who are the names in the list? Yeah, well, as you might imagine, Rishi Sunak, the Chancellor, is favourite. Um, not overwhelming favourite at the moment. Our odds give him about a 35% chance of being the next Tory leader. Um, behind Sunak, uh, Trust and Hunt are sort of vying for second place in the betting. I mean, the surprising name for me is actually the person who's crept up in the fourth place, Tom Tugendhat, who I guess mm. would be quite unknown to most of the public. Never been in the Cabinet. He's currently chair of the Foreign Relations Committee in Parliament. He's up to about an 8% chance, which seems incredibly high to me. But, you know, the history of these leadership elections is that quite often the favourite at this stage doesn't win maybe a fresh face with some military background in his case and foreign affairs expertise, given what's mm. happening in Russia and yeah. China at the moment. I wouldn't rule him out, and he does look like the dark horse right now. Mm, and well known to uh, Bloomberg Westminster listeners, of course. Um, and just briefly, tell us about the, the next general election. What are markets? When do markets think it will be, and what do they think will be the outcome? Well, the chances of it being early seem to have... Um, dropped quite a bit, uh, you know, since we had sort of big Tory pollies back in the autumn, they've disappeared. And as a consequence, people don't think there's going to be an early election anymore. Uh, I mean, the latest odds say that the the chance of it going to 2024, around 75%. I mean, I've heard people say that, you know, if Johnson leaves, mm -hmm. I think Jacob Rees-Mogg made this argument the other day, that if Johnson leaves, that would require the new government to get a new mandate in the general election. Punters don't believe that. I mean, we're giving it at the moment. The 2022 election is around 7%. Okay, interesting. Matthew, thank you so much for bringing us the view from, yeah, from punters, I guess, on, on what they think the political outcome is going to be. Matthew Shaddock is head of political markets at Betting Exchange Markets. And I should say that the question around the prime minister is around whether he will be the shortest prime minister this century. So not actually over the whole of 
British history, I should correct yeah, myself. Yeah, I think it'd be some very, very short yes. ones if you go back hundreds of years. <laughs> yes, OK. Not that far. <laughs> OK, well, that's the money. So what about uh, the pub- about public opinion? What do the public uh, think of the politicians after this? Uh, how long has it been? Uh, two months of uh, uh, constant uh, scandals. Let's bring in uh, Craig Watkins, CEO of Cantar Public UK. Craig, thanks for joining us on the Bloomberg Westminster. Now, you've got the findings from your latest uh, January Britain barometer poll. What do the public make of their uh, political leaders uh, at the end of uh, this this period? Hi, uh, good to be back. Um, it's very much about trust. Um, we see in the, in the kind of the polling, you know, basically half of, of, of uh, the people that we spoke to um, trust neither Boris Johnson nor Keir Starmer to tell them the truth. Um, there are a, a number, 26%, who actually trust Keir Starmer more. But I think it's, uh, it's fairly clear there is a significant trust issue uh, amongst people across all demographics around what um, they see as the key politicians are telling them. Oh dear. OK, not a lot of trust in politicians then. But do Britons think that the Conservatives would actually be better off without Johnson as leader or not? So um, what we have is that um, in terms of overall, a third of, of, of people think that the Conservative Party would be better off with a different leader. But when you ask people who voted um, for the Conservatives in the last election, that drops down to just under a quarter. Um, and then there's about 40% who think that they would be worse off. So there doesn't appear to be the same kind of push for a different leader amongst those who vote Tory as opposed to the general public. Mm, that's interesting. So that suggests that perhaps the anger is 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 more concentrated amongst non-conservative voters, which perhaps perhaps that's obvious, but interesting nonetheless. What about other issues? Um, how concerned are people about their household incomes at the moment and 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 that cost of living crunch? So it's really clear um, from um, the what we've seen um, both this month and and in previous months when we've spoken. You know, the biggest concern for people is their household income and rising prices. We now have one in two people saying that their household income is falling behind the cost of living. So that's half of British people think that their, their, their income is going down against the cost of living. That's dropped again since December. Um, and people are citing the rising cost of energy bills and the rising um, cost of food as the main reason. And they're very clear on the government having to do something about this. Okay, but would VAT, cutting VAT on energy bills really be enough if half of Britons, as you say, are so worried about their their household finances? Well, certainly, well, I mean, you know, it's a a very good question. I mean, in terms of what we're seeing people um, uh, are wanting the government to do, so only four people say, only 4% of people say the government should take no action. We've got nearly 60% saying VAT should be removed from energy bills. Um, and this is, uh, increases with, amongst the older age groups and with women. Um, and nearly 40% saying that the national insurance rise should be delayed or cancelled. So again, a, you know, a significant amount of people very concerned about that. What's clear, as I say, is people are expecting the government to take note of the rising uh, cost of living and to do something about it.
Success is more than the final destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's discipline. It's teamwork. And it's the drive and passion inside of us that comes before all recognition. It's what Stiefel's been doing for over 130 years. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel's become one of the fastest growing wealth management and investment banking firms in the country. Our financial advisors go beyond traditional wealth management to provide clients with direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises and a leading middle market investment bank because success is the drive it takes to keep climbing, the passion to keep investing, the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Start your journey at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. So with no report from Sugre yet and the Met Police looking to limit what can be published, reportedly, the Prime Minister has perhaps a window to convince Conservative MPs not to ditch him. The first step in the wooing, some argue, was dropping the Plan B COVID measures. Could the next be a U-turn on increasing national insurance in April or limiting rising energy bills? Joining us now to discuss is Bloomberg's EMEA News Director David Merritt and our Bloomberg Opinion Columnist Therese Raphael. Welcome to both of you. I wanted to get you on this special programme just to chew over what an incredible few days it has been in in politics. I mean, we were talking about this adrenaline-packed week. I suppose my first question to you, David, is can Boris Johnson now offer enough sweeteners to ride out the turbulence that we've seen? Well, he's certainly trying, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, chewing over this week, I mean, it's been such a chewy week, hasn't it? It's been like chewing on a very meaty steak. I think there's been a lot to, 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 to go over and he's trying to throw the red meat they're talking, aren't they, to, to the backbenchers. Um, but I just sort of stepping back from that just briefly, I think it just shows how the dynamic has shifted, that he's mm-hmm. having, it's, that it's those backbenchers who are kind of in the driving seat and that he's very aware that his future is you know, in their hands. And that, when that dynamic shifts with the prime minister, you know, you know that they're in trouble, right? So I think it's worth bearing bearing that in mind. So can he do enough to save himself? I mean, you know, the, these red meat issues, I mean, potentially, you just talked about the cost of living. Mm-hmm. You know, in my mind, that is the biggest problem facing this government. You know, that's going to be the thing that really drives their poll ratings as we get into the spring. People's gas bills are going to surge unless the government does something about it. Inflation is obviously outpacing wages. People are going to start feeling this in their pockets. And when that happens, government's popularity tends to go through the floor. So they need to do something to fix that, whether it's what the backbenchers want or not. If he doesn't do that, the poll ratings are going to continue to slide. You know, we've got these elections in May, the local elections. They will be completely trounced if they haven't got a plan in place uh, to fix that big issue. So, yes, there can be these kind of cosmetic issues around the sides, you know, stuff about immigration, sort of these dog whistle things. I think they need a bigger plan here, Mm. a bigger economic plan to tackle the big structural problems in the economy. Otherwise, I'm afraid the prospects look pretty bleak. Of course, that's the danger, isn't it? When Partygate passes, 
then cost of living is really going to come into focus. As you say, that is not, a, not an easy problem to fix. Therese, on, on, on that problem, with energy bills, there's going to be need something, the government is going to need to do something big, aren't they? Big and eye-catching and probably expensive. Yeah, I mean, we haven't heard anything big or eye-catching yet. Um, most of the talk on energy is around getting rid of the 5% VAT on domestic fuel bills. And, you know, that, that does provide some savings, but, you know, it, it also is kind of a blunt instrument because families that, um, you know, have larger houses, wealthier households would actually get a bigger break than, than poorer ones. The, that, that 5% VAT is, it's actually a really small share of the total fuel bill. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll still see, um, a big increase in fuel costs for, for families and for poorer families, it'll be an even, um, bigger increase. So, you know, I'm not sure that that's going to be a, a silver bullet on, on fuel costs at all, um, you know, despite the fact that it was something that both both Boris Johnson and Michael Gove had pledged to do during the Brexit campaign, because it is EU rules that put that five percent uh, VAT floor on there. So, you know, I don't I don't see that as really getting them very far. Um, I mean, just going back to you know, I think uh, what what David is saying, you know, there is a the, the key issue before backbench Tory MPs is whether their leader retains uh, the trust of the public enough to you know, give them the confidence they could go into another election with him in charge, or whether he will continue to be a distraction that will drain on trust. In that, in that case, every issue that comes up, um, you know, whether it's taxation, cost of living, um, you know, it's all going to be seen through the prism of Boris Johnson's you know, credibility, his competence, and, and whether he's trustworthy. And if he's perceived as, uh, you know, as a liability, this very transactional party, uh, you know, has a big decision in front of it. And I, I, I think that, you know, what we've heard, uh, we're recording this on Friday, and uh, we've heard that the Met is is now, has now limited the mm-hmm. scope of what can be published on the Sue Gray report so that we might not get all the details when that report finally comes out. And that does change things because it leaves the prospect that we're going to have a, uh, a police investigation that goes on for weeks, for months, nobody really knows. And, you know, if we look at why the Met um, decided to investigate the, the test that Cressida Dick set out, you know, they're pretty serious. They asked whether there's potential evidence that there was an alleged breach, um, whether investigating would, not investigating would undermine legitimacy of the law. So, you know, you'd expect that whatever comes out at the end of that is still going to be very damaging for Boris Johnson. Just the very fact that there's a police investigation cannot be to his favor. So while he yeah. does, you know, playing for time was all he could do, and he's done that, and that seems to be working well. But I just still wonder, you know, as David says, kind of where this, how this looks in a few weeks um, or months. Yeah, that's that's the big unknown, yeah. isn't it? I totally agree with, with, with what Theresa is saying. But, you know, buying for time clearly is his strategy. And, you know, the, the, the mood music amongst MPs, our reporters at Westminster are telling us, seems to be improving. You know, every day that goes by without another horrible revelation, people start yeah. going, yeah, well, you know, maybe this can fade from memory. And, you know, th- cast your mind forward, a few, say, a month, you know, mm-hmm. the, the days are getting longer. Uh, the COVID restrictions hopefully remain, you know, cancelled. And 
and maybe you know the whole coronavirus nightmare is looking a little bit more in the rear mirror this is perhaps what the prime minister is is banking on and you know you've heard some of the mps coming with this defense say well you know it's not that serious it was just a piece of cake and they were just uh. in the office and it wasn't that bad and you know the horror stories about people making sacrifices and not seeing their dying relatives uh, maybe you know they're hoping those things will fade from prominence and people will just think well actually all that covid stuff is you know just a dim and distant and, and rather unpleasant memory and looking forward to the spring the, the economy doing well all of these things yeah. if that all falls into place i think the calculus in the prime minister's uh, camp might be you know what they can actually start putting all this behind them but it is a big gamble because as, as Theresa says if the public don't trust him anymore it's quite hard to win that back yeah, I thought a very interesting Cantor was telling us earlier that amongst Conservative voters, there isn't a great uh, enthusiasm for, for ditching Boris Johnson. Amongst the members of the other, other voters, they, they're all very anti-Boris Johnson, but you'd expect that anyway. But Conservative voters are not desperately keen to, to get rid of him. No, and I, yeah. I, I just wonder also in, amongst all of this, you know, whether you're then going to see from the party gate affair, I suppose, what is the timeline for the, for the investigation and whether there'll be like, let's say, fixed penalty notices that were handed out to others during the pandemic, whether that would happen to a whole slew of people at Downing Street or not, or whether this is, uh, as David says, uh, um, is going to be pushed out into the long grass. It's going to take a lot longer than we thought. If we're waiting for a police report, I think we aren't looking, you know, all week we've been saying it's today, it's tomorrow. I think mm. a, a police investigation definitely has a much longer timeline. Um, you know, again, that as David says, the mood music is that that sort of works for Boris Johnson. Um, it, it still hangs over him. Uh, so that's, you know, that, that's never a good thing when a, when a prime minister, I think it's only the second time it's happened, is, is being subjected to a police investigation. Um, but, you know, I, I absolutely agree with the, the sort of feeling that he, he is less, he, he's more likely to survive this now than he was, say, at the beginning of the week or even a couple of weeks ago. I mean, think back to that PMQs, what was it, two, three, three weeks ago, where it, the back benches were absolutely still. There was no cheering. I mean, he really, you know, when he, when he came out and was remorseful and gave his apology, it really looked like that might be the end. And yet the last... Uh, PMQs, there was stomping and cheering, and you know you could really see um, you know, that, that many backbenchers were rallying uh, behind him. So I think the other thing is that the Tory Party did sort of stare into the abyss and think, well, you know, if not Boris, who? And they have a leader who is uniquely able, you know, or, or has demonstrated capability of winning elections. He is sort of unique in his generation of political leaders for his, uh, you know, his charisma and his ability to speak to the electorate. Now, I, I, I kind of doubt that he can recover from this kind of loss of trust. So we talk about Tory voters, but you know, I think what really matters is those voters um, in the north of the country that the Tories took in 2019. And the numbers there are just abysmal. I mean, his, mm. Boris Johnson's negative ratings are worse than, you know, Mays, Cameron's, um, you know, at their lowest point. So yeah. I, I'm not sure that, that he recovers a lot of those voters. And I think that will be key at the next election. But, you know, time is a healer. So, uh, you know, may, maybe yeah. people forget. Yeah. Just, no, I think, yeah, I think that's right. And, I, you know, amongst his core constituency, and you saw this, it's fascinating watching those different PMQs, as Theresa yeah. said, you know, that first one, the kind of, you know, the, the contrite 
the kind of slightly desperate looking. And then there was that moment when the Labour M, uh, when the, the, the Conservative MP crossed the floor and the mood changed yeah. in the chamber. Mm-hmm. And they all got razzed up and he started banging the, you know, the dispatch box and they all fell into line behind him. He's got that sort of force of personality mm. which appeals to those uh, Conservative MPs and Conservative voters. But the key is those new MPs. He stitched together this coalition of people who had never voted Conservative before. Only he, as a politician, is able to do that in the current political climate. And who else of the Conservative... If you're one of those MPs and you look around and you think, well, who else is going to win me back those votes or keep me those votes... Um, and, and there isn't anyone at the moment is the truth and no one is putting their head above the parapet um, and without an alter- it's different do you remember when Theresa May was in this situation with plummeting polls mm-hmm. who was waiting in the wings a certain Boris Johnson so you know we're not in that situation no, now. that's one- what possibly will keep him going Bloomberg Westminster listen weekdays at noon on DAB Digital Radio in London Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.